You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Too Good to Not Be True, Part 2. Enjoy. We're so glad you guys are here this morning. Receive it. God is so good. Blessings on you. You may be seated. God is so good. God is so good. It's so good. God is so good. He loves you so much. I mean, he's too good to not be true. And we got in here this morning, and I don't know, it was like seven outside, and it felt like maybe ten in here. So I still got my scarf on. I'm just going to leave it on. God is so good. We want you to receive all of the life that he has for you, and it's more than you've imagined. It's more than you've dreamed of. And um, last week was the day before Christmas, and we talked about the goodness of God because we're celebrating the birth of Christ and his ministry and his resurrection, and this is the last day of 2017. And I'll tell you, 2017 is not over yet. So I, I'm not, I, who knows what God could do today to bring this year to a close. But I'm telling you this, the year of 2018 is going to be too much. Too much health, too much blessing, too much strength, too much joy, too much peace, too much wisdom. It's a year of abundance, a year of fatness, a year of, of peace and strength. And uh, we're just going to continue doing uh, where we left off last week. We we're examining the goodness of God. And, and we, we know of a phrase that says, you know, well, that's too good to be true. And, and, and maybe that applies when, you're, when someone's trying to sell you something, <laughs> you know. But when it comes to God, he's too good to not be true. Every, every promise is yes and amen in Christ. So we looked at Psalm 34, 8 uh, quite, quite a bit last week. We're not going to go back there this week. But I, I like a translation. I think it was the New Century Version. It says, examine and see how good God is. Examine and see how good God is. So that's what we're doing. We're examining the goodness of God. There's nothing more profitable than, than getting to know his goodness than, than becoming strong in his love for you. There's, there's no better way to spend your time. God is so good and he loves you so much that he's provided a salvation for you that covers every area of your life for the rest of your life. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, materially, and financially. That's how much he loves you. He's so good that we said, and I love the way that the author put it, we quoted it last week, but to seek all of your happiness in him and expect all of your happiness from him. That's so good. And that's something to be aware of. What am I seeking happiness from? And to learn to seek all of your happiness in him and to experience all of your happiness and expect all of your happiness from him. This will relieve the pressure from marriages, right? Where we're not expecting our happiness from our spouse. We're expecting it from Jesus. You know, marriage isn't about the spouses pleasing one another. It's about the husband and wife becoming intimate with Jesus Christ. It's about the husband and wife progressively knowing him more, experiencing the wonders of his person every day. That's what it's all about. God is so good. So we're on the verge of a new year. And what do you think? What are God's plans for you in 2018? You don't mind my froggy voice, do you? You guys like the little rascals, you know, froggy? So just pretend I'm froggy this morning. <clears throat> 
What about you? What are God's plans for you in 2018? I mean, I, I may not know the details, but I can tell you this, abundance, Amen. abundant life, health, strength, joy, wholeness, peace, wisdom. <clears throat> you know, you can't realize God's plan for your life if you don't know how good he is. In fact, Romans 2.4 tells us it's the goodness of God that changes the way we think. That's what repent means, change the way you think. It's the goodness of God that, that inspires us to live differently and to change the way we think. And you won't understand, you won't be able to clearly see God's plan if you don't know how good he is. So we're going to examine his goodness. Let's continue. Let's go to Psalm 145, verse 8. So if you want to know God's plan for your life in 2018, examine the goodness of God. And it's interesting, you know, being in the body of Christ for decades now that, that some ministers make you feel like spending time talking about the goodness of God is a trivial thing. Let's get on to something deeper. There's nothing deeper Amen. than the goodness of God. There's nothing more powerful. Amen. Let's talk about more, weighty, more uh, uh, weightier theological concepts. No, we're going to talk about the goodness of God. Nothing will do more for your life. And there's nothing we need to know more than the goodness of God. Psalm 145, verse 8, in the Amplified says this, The Lord is what? Oh, I like that word. The Lord is gracious. And he's full of compassion. Just, just eat that up. We're having a New Year's Eve meal right now, right? At, at 1040 in the morning. This is our feast before the new year. The Lord is gracious. He's not irritable and fussy. He's not touchy and fretful. He keeps no record of your wrongs. He takes no account of evil done to him. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger. And he's abounding. I like that word. He's abounding in what? Judgment and wrath. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I didn't. I, no, that's his mercy and loving kindness, right? He's abounding in mercy and loving kindness. The message translation says it this way God is all mercy and grace. Isn't that good? God is all mercy and grace. He's not quick to anger. He's rich in love. Now Psalm 103, excuse me, Psalm 103 verse 8 is very similar to this verse. Let's look at that one. It says the Lord is compassionate. Wow. He understands what you've been through. Right? He wants to minister life and healing to you. He's compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Man, I like that. The message, are you ready for this? Verse 8, God is sheer mercy and grace. <laughs> That's good. Isn't that good? We're examining the goodness of God. We're just eating it up. We're letting the goodness of God just wash over us. 
fill us up, heal and mend and strengthen us right now. Just receive from the Lord this morning. The Holy Spirit's uh, ministering during our time together, right? Whether we're singing, shouting, dancing, or being still. So receive from the Lord. God is sheer mercy and grace. He's not easily angered. He's rich in love. And we are actually not live this morning because I forgot some equipment this morning we came. So uh, we are going to record it, but it's not live. So podcast will be available. Um, when, when you're examining the goodness of God, there's no better place to go than the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. He's the personification of mercy and grace, of rich love, of graciousness and compassion, of loving kindness. And I, this is one of my favorite passages because Jesus... God in the flesh makes it so simple. He reveals to us the goodness of a God in a way that all of us can easily understand. And he starts in verse 7. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Amen. That's simple, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you have to have a loving God who would, who would invite us to do such a thing. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. No fine print right? No, no, uh, no hidden clauses. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Now here is it. these next three verses make it so, so simple. Can we put up verse 9 there, guys? Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? None of us, right? That's easy. We can easily understand that. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Nobody, right? Of course not. That doesn't even come into our thinking. If you then, being evil, know how to give what kind of gifts? Good gifts. We're examining the goodness of God, getting ready for 2018. To your children, how much more will your father the one who's rich in love, who's sheer mercy and grace, who's abounding in loving kindness. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give what kind of things? Good things to those who ask him. Isn't that, isn't that clear as a bell? Right? I mean, we wouldn't think of it. A child comes up to us and asks us for a, a bagel, and, and we, we give him a, a black widow spider. That, that doesn't even enter our minds, right? You, a bagel, sure, what kind you want? You want some butter on there, some cream cheese, some ham, some, I don't know, what do you want? What can I do to, to make your bagel delicious, right? right? right. Well, God is much more that way, right? Now, <clears throat> we read this to show you how um, unfamiliar many believers are with the goodness of God. Have you ever heard someone say this? Be careful what you ask God for. Does that agree with what we just read? No. Not at all. Why would a believer say something like that? They're unfamiliar with the goodness of God. Right. What are they thinking? They're thinking, well, you, don't, if you, ask, you better be careful because you're asking for something. He's liable to let you have it, right? Yeah, don't ask him for patience. Oh, boy, what are you talking about? No, we have a good father. Amen. Don't ever say that again. Be careful what you ask God. No, ask. He didn't say be careful and ask. 
He said, ask and it will be given to you. Right? God's not going to hurt you to teach you something. He's a good father. He's not going to bring evil in your life to teach you patience. God doesn't use evil to teach. He uses the Holy Spirit and his promises, his word. Right? I like how James 1.17, let's look at that, talks about the goodness of God. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation. He's always good. Nothing one can change it. There's no variation or shadow of turning. So every good and perfect gift come from where? God the Father, right? Where do, where do ice cream sundaes come from? <laughs> Friendlies and God the Father, right? That's right. How about, how about on the message translation? Let's look at that one. I like this. Every desirable <laughs> and beneficial gift. You're loaded, right? Jennifer shared that scripture with us, Psalm 68, 19. Uh, the Lord daily loads us with benefits, right? Benefits, that's what beneficial, I thought of that when I read the word beneficial. We're loaded with benefits. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts, when people are looking for a job, they consider the benefits, Right? And if it's got a full package of benefits, that's desirable. God has a full package of benefits for you. He covers every area of your life. You've got health insurance for the rest of your life. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God. Ah. Nothing deceitful in him. Nothing two-faced. <laughs> Nothing fickle. Be careful what you ask God for. Nope. There's nothing deceitful in him. Nothing two-faced. You ask him. He'll bless you. He'll strengthen you. He'll provide for you. Isn't this fun? We're just looking at the goodness of God. I encourage you to, to, to make time to do this. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6.17. This is good. 1 Timothy 6.17. It says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who what? Richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. You'll see joy a lot in the Bible when it comes to God. Ministers should be really happy, happy people. Because God is a God of joy, right? Who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Can this be true? It's too good to not be true. Look at the Amplified. It says, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Boy, that makes religion mad. For your enjoyment? This is not about you and your enjoyment. God says it is. 
He wants to richly and ceaselessly provide you with everything for your enjoyment. Doesn't a good father want that for his kids? Of course. That's, that's, that's his agenda for his kids, to provide for them everything, right? Look at the message translation. Oh, this is great. I like the way the message says it. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. <laughs> Woo, chew on that one for a while. Who pile, go after God. Why? Because he piles on all the riches you could ever manage. <laughs> Ooh, the Bible's different, isn't it? Who <laughs> piles on all the riches you could ever manage. That sounds like Jesus talking, doesn't it? John 10, 10. Let's look at that. Here's God in the flesh, right? The one who's abounding in mercy and loving kindness. The one who's rich in love. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. Who's that? Who's he, who's he describing? Satan, right? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There's God's plan for you in 2018. To richly and ceaselessly provide you with everything for your enjoyment. To pile on more riches than you could ever manage. To give you more abundant life. The BBE translation. Check this one out. This is great. The thief comes only to take the sheep <laughs> and to put them to death. He comes for their destruction. That's what Satan's after. In stark contrast to that, Jesus said, I have come so that they may have life and have it in greater measure. That's God's plan for you in 2018. Greater measure of life than you've ever known. Amen. The Amplified says, I came that they might have and enjoy life. Did you know you're allowed to enjoy things being Christian? Yeah, it's all about it, right? No one enjoys life more than we do because God loves us so much, right? I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. New, uh, let's see. The Living Bible. Let's do that one. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I just love reading the words of Jesus. My purpose for you in 2018 and on the final day of 2017 is to give you life in all its fullness. The New Living Translation. Let's look at that one. Oh, this is off the charts. My purpose is to give them a rich. Are you allowed to say that word in church? Yeah. To give them a rich and satisfying life. That's become one of Dana's uh, new words, satisfying. Right? Our couch is satisfying, right? Is our couch satisfying? 
And then how about, what, is your, she got a pillow that's sparkly, right? And then you wave your hand on the pillow and it changes from like gold to what? Silver. Silver. And she did that. She says, oh, that's satisfying. She said, <laughs> <laughs> so she's been saying that with just about everything now. Yeah, rich and satisfying life. There you go, Dan. That's just for you. Let's look at the Weiss New Testament. I like this. I alone came in order that someday maybe. No. no that they might be possessing life. That's present tense. That's right now. And that they might be possessing it in superabundance. Jesus, you're too much. You are too much. You're way beyond what I've dreamed of or imagined. You love us too much. Thank you for your amazing love. I came in order that they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in superabundance. That can only be possible if God was good, if he's loving and kind and gracious. Hallelujah. And he is. Look at the Philip's New Testament. The thief comes with the sole intention of stealing and killing and destroying. But I came to bring them life and far more life than before. There's your 2018. Far more life than 2017. Far more peace. Far more joy. Far more health. Far more strength. Far more prosperity. Far more wisdom. Are you ready for the message? Let's check that one out. I came so they can have real and eternal life. Remember the word eternal is not referring to a length of time, but a quality of life, right? In other words, we could read it this way. I came uh, that they might have real, the God kind of life. I came that they may have the real God life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I mean, you got to take your religious goggles off and you got to keep them off. You got to take your religious headphones off and keep them off. And you got to meditate on the goodness of God. Because, you know, you, you read these things and they're in stark contrast to many traditions and many theologies and many things that are preached and taught. But they're true anyway. But you've got to soak yourself in them. You've got to fill your heart with them, fill your mind with them, say them with your mouth and believe them with your heart and know that they're true for you today. Amen. No matter what you've done. The blood of Jesus has qualified you for the rest of your life. Regardless of what you may have done, any mistakes you have made, God has qualified you. You're his for the rest of your life. You qualify for every blessing he wants to give you for the rest of your life. You qualify. You're qualified. It's yours because of Jesus. Let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. I like this scripture. This is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. It has its New Testament fulfillment in Jesus. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. This is the NIV. Plans to prosper you. Are you telling me God wants to prosper you? Yes. God wants you to be rich? Yes. God wants you to be healthy? Yes. What is that word prosper in the Hebrew? You guys remember? Shalom right? Wholeness, prosperity, well-being, 
right? For my plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Let's look at some more translations. It's the living. Let's pull up the living at the end there. The living Bible says this. Let's put it up there. Yeah, for good and not for evil. Isn't that simple? For good. So if something evil has come into your life or is trying to come into your life, who's it from? Satan, right? Not from God, right? And you have authority over that, don't you? Right? For good and not for evil. New Living Translation, what's it say? New Living Translation, for good and not for disaster. Are you telling me God is not behind the disasters going on in the world? No, he's not. That's baloney. God hasn't caused one tragedy or one disaster. And he doesn't allow them either. They're not his judgment. He's not allowing them. God's not in control of the earth. Satan's the God of this world, right? And Jesus taught us that we have to take authority over storms. We have to speak with our mouth and believe in our heart, right? New Living Translation, for good, not for disaster. Disaster, I remember reading a very, very popular Christian book many years ago. Maybe in the, I don't know, mid-2000s, early 2000s. And this book was selling like hotcakes. And one of the things the author said repeatedly in the book is that every tragedy, every sickness, every accident is part of God's plan for you. I thought, what in the world are people reading this for? Right? Sometimes, sometimes there's, a te- there's a temptation to try and cope with what we've been through by assigning some mysterious divine purpose to it. Don't do that. Because no, it's not true. Right? What will set you free from what you've been through is knowing how much God loves you and how good he is. So we don't need to assign some mysterious divine purpose to some terrible thing that's happened to try and cope with it. That's a false coping that ends up uh, leading you into a bondage to grief for the rest of your life if you, don't, if you don't change the way you think and realize how good God is. The King James Version says this, to give you an expected end, something you will be looking forward to. I like how the message says it. This is God talking. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Uh-oh, is that a fire alarm? Do we have to evacuate the building? Eden, did you do that to the clock? Don't be embarrassed. Everyone's looking over at you now. So. And now I don't know what time it is, so I'm just going to preach all day. So. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Isn't that comforting? I don't know. Can God take care of us in 2018? With all the things going on and the terrorism and the, you know, the different viruses. And I don't know. Can he handle it? Oh, yeah. This is Jennifer's new, uh, what do you call these, fun cups. Look at that. It says J-Bow on there, right? 2 Corinthians 3.18. Anyone know what that is? Beholding, yeah, going from glory to glory, right? Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God. <clears throat> that was her gift for Christmas, and she put some hot tea in it for me this morning. Isn't she nice? And it's our anniversary today, too. Isn't that kind of nice? Yeah. 
Yeah. So we decided to get married last year and we'll celebrate our first. <clears throat> no, it was actually 23 years ago. So <clears throat> it's good. So look at this. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Will you just let me take care of you in 2018? Would you just give every outcome of your life to me? Stop putting pressure on yourself to make things happen. And give the outcome of every situation in your life to me. And let me take care of you. Oh, I tell you, the temperature might be cool in here, but it's hot. Holy Ghost, hot. Let me take care of you. I have, my plans are to take care of you, not abandon you. In fact, I'm planning to give you the future you hope for. You know, you can snap photos of these on your phone if you don't have a, or you can get a Bible app with these translations. Grab a hold of these things. Listen to the podcast. It's all free. Go to highwaychurch.us and, and listen to this stuff. It will change your life. We need to know beyond the shadow of a doubt how much he loves us. Not how much we love him, how much he loves us, right? Hallelujah. So we're focusing on the goodness of God now. <clears throat> Some will say, you can't just spend your time talking about the goodness of God. I mean, there are other things you need to talk about. You've got to be real, right? You, you look at all the terrible things that are going on in the world, all the terrible things that, that I've been through and have gone on in my life. And, and I want you to understand this. All of us have been through terrible things to one degree or another. We've all lost loved ones. We've, we've all faced uh, difficult situations because we're all living on planet Earth. And it's important to understand that, as we said last Sunday, the earth is not a nice place to live. It's a fallen world. It's falling apart. And that's not a negative statement. It, but if you want real joy, you got to know what, where we're living is not our home. See? This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. And this earth is a lousy place to live. It's falling apart. So focusing on the goodness of God is not a way of ignoring what we've been through. Or ignoring what we be currently be facing or ignoring the condition of the world. Focusing on the goodness of God is the way of overcoming what we've been through. It's a way of rising above tragedies. It's a way of rising above the circumstances that are around us. It's a way of living above the conditions of this world. Don't let anything pull you off of the goodness of God. It is the answer to, to, to life. That God is good. That simple statement. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This is what we're doing. It says, for everyone born of God. Does that include you? How do you know if you're born of God? Do you have a certificate? Well, how do we know? It's really simple. The Bible teaches that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead... And with your mouth, you open your mouth and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I put my faith in you. Yes. That you're born of him Hallelujah. from that moment on. Right. And you're not going to be unborn of him. It's yours. Right. It's a new life for the rest of your life. It belongs to you. So it, maybe you put your faith in Jesus 20 years ago. 
And maybe somewhere along the line, you started, you know, going through some difficult things and you felt like you walked away from him. But I want you to know your birth is secure. He hasn't walked away from you. Just realize how much he loves you that he's not holding anything against you and come back to him. And it'll be as fresh today as it was that moment you put your faith in him. You can't spoil the love of God. You can't spoil your position in him. You're his child and no one can take you out of his hands. He loves you. Everyone born of God, what? Overcomes the world. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith, our faith in what? In his goodness. In who he is and what he's done for us. Right? This is, see, faith sees things like God sees them. Faith sees beyond the circumstances, beyond what we've been through. Faith sees a greater reality that's born of Christ. And that's what we do, and we overcome. This is the victory. Meditating on the goodness of God, realizing that God is greater than anything we've been through. You know, and even in the worst of situations, I've, there are times I've lost loved ones or people that I've prayed for, <clears throat> and, and uh, you know, they didn't pull through or for whatever reason. There, there are times where I've commanded people to come back from the dead, and, and, and I, I felt sometimes that the people didn't want to come back, and I can't blame them. <laughs> once you're in glory, man, are you kidding? I mean, it's, it's see, we, we've got to be heavenly. We've got to realize how amazing God is. I mean, to be in glory is where, that's what we're all waiting for. That's the, that's the end of every, I mean, that's, that's pure, that's pure, unadulterated, unhindered joy. There is no resistance in heaven to God's will. There is in the earth. So my point is this, I mean, even in the worst of situations, I mean, I had a grandpa uh, who was declared himself loudly to be an atheist most of his life. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, he, he was kind of a very hard man. And uh, I wasn't with him. I was actually living overseas when he passed. But, you know, I thought about it, I thought, boy, I wonder, you know, if he put his faith in Christ. But I remember, I remember, wait a minute, God loved him more than I loved him. God loves your loved ones more than you love him. And I know that God did everything he could to reach him. Who knows what happened in his heart in the last moment of his life? We don't know that, but we know God is rich in mercy. And we're trusting in his grace. So my point is this, no matter how bad it may have seemed or who you think you may have lost or were they saved or unsaved, God's rich in mercy. Amen. He's rich in mercy. Put your trust in his mercy and it'll turn your frown upside down. All right? This covers everything. We don't have anything to be sad about because God is so good. Right? We doing okay? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So faith in the goodness of God enables us to keep things in the proper perspective. I mean, what's the alternative? Really? The alternative is, is we come to our own conclusions about what we've been through. We try and cope with them. We try and deal with them. But if you don't know how good God is, you can become trapped in your experiences. You can become trapped in your grief. And, I, and I'm not, for some reason, I, I feel, and I'm, I'm doing what I, I want to encourage you, and I'm not trying to, to put anyone down. Grief is, we grieve differently. Yes. 
because we're saved. Yeah. We grieve differently because God is our Father. Yeah. And I see these things posted online, and I boy, the, these believers are, don't know how good God is. And they've been through something difficult, and they'll say, I'm never going to get over this. It'll never be the same. And it, Don't ever speak like that. God's love makes all things new. And if I have a loved one that's in heaven, man, I should be rejoicing. And yes, there's a level of grief because they're not with us. But man, in a blink of an eye, we're going to be together. And it's party time, and no one's going to ever stop it. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. So how can we ensure the good plan of God will be fulfilled in our lives in 2018? What do we do? What do we do? How can we guarantee it? Well, let's look at Matthew 6.33. We doing okay? We still awake? Yes. <clears throat> Good. My voice is going to make it the whole way through service, right? <clears throat> and sound pretty. <laughs> Matthew 6, so we want to ensure God's plan. God's will's not automatic, right? We see that in the earth, crazy things going on. If God's will was done in the earth, there wouldn't be any sickness. There wouldn't be any wars. There wouldn't be any poverty. So we do play a part in experiencing the will of God. But I, I don't want to read this scripture, but I don't, I don't want you to get religious with it. So let's fix this up. Let's de-religify this scripture, okay? You don't have your religious goggles on, do you? All right, New King James Version says, but seek first, what do we do to ensure that we'll experience God's good plan for us in 2018? It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So Jesus, God in the flesh, tells us to seek first two things, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, you got to be careful here. Because religion will turn this into a project that you can't complete. Religion will say, see, you better get with it. You better seek him. You better do more things right than you've ever done before. You better pray harder. You better read your Bible more. If you can be as righteous as he's righteous, then, then maybe it'll happen. Or if you can achieve a higher level of righteousness by doing more good deeds, then, then these things will be added to you. That's not at all what Jesus said. But that's how religion teaches it. And we're going to break it down. Can you handle this? What did Jesus mean by this? Seek first. The word seek is interesting. It, it means be about. It doesn't mean striving and, and, and wearing yourself out. It says, be about the kingdom of God. Be about his righteousness, not yours, his. So what is the kingdom of God anyway? Well, it's God's way of doing things. And we don't have to, we don't have to speculate. The Bible defines it for us in Romans 14, 17. Seek first the kingdom. Be about the kingdom of God. It says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. What is it? It's righteousness, peace. What's that word in the Greek? Irene, it's, yeah, used as the Greek equivalent of shalom. It means wholeness, right? Wholeness, well-being, prosperity. The kingdom of God is righteousness, wholeness, well-being, prosperity, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Be about righteousness, wholeness, well-being, prosperity, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
That's what Jesus is encouraging us to do. It's going to become more clear as we go. All right? That's what the kingdom of God is. It's being about these things. All right? Now, notice, <clears throat> excuse me, that he said in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, peace, wholeness, prosperity, well-being, and the Holy Spirit, and his righteousness, right? Whose righteousness are you seeking? It's important to know that. If you're trying to do this in your own strength, if you're relying on your track record to determine how blessed you're going to be, you're seeking your own righteousness. If you're conscious of what you've done right and wrong as you go throughout the day and you realize you made a mistake here and that hinders your confidence to go before God, you're not seeking his righteousness. Because his righteousness is a gift that he's already given you. He's already given it to you. So it's something you can never earn. It's something you can never, you, you don't get higher degrees of it by praying more. Or by reading more Bible. Or by going to church more. It's, you've already got all the righteousness you could ever have. God took your sins and he gave you his righteousness. Forever. This is getting better. Hold on. Now, Romans 5.17 says this. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive what? Abundance of grace. Now notice the word receive, not earn. Receive means you're in, you're in a position, right, of a receiver. It means it's being given to you. You can't receive something if it's not been given, right? You have to take it or earn it. If it's not been given, it's been given. You can only receive it. Those who receive the abundance of grace, that means more than you'll ever need, right? And the what? The gift of righteousness, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So Jesus is talking about putting your faith in him, receiving the righteousness, enjoying the righteousness that he's given to you. God's righteousness. So how do I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? How do I be about righteousness, joy, wholeness, peace, well-being? By doing what we've been done this morning, filling my mind and heart with the goodness of God, Amen. meditating on who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Those are the three things we focus on at Highway Church, who he is, what he's done for us in Christ, and who we are in Christ. This is how I be about his goodness. Now, here's the, 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 the culmination of this, the message translation of Matthew 6.33. So I feel that this rendering in this verse captures what Jesus was saying. Even better than the New King James in some regards. This is Matthew 6.33. New King James says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look what it says in the message. It's a different way of thinking. Steep your life in God reality. That's what we do at Highway Church. Steep your life 
Not in, in the mistakes you made. In God reality. God initiative. God provisions. And all these things will be added to you. <laughs> Inside of this fun cup, there's a tea bag. And it's been steeping all morning. That's what steep is. Soak yourself in the reality of God's love for you. Soak yourself in the reality of God's love for you. In the richness of his mercy. In his abounding loving kindness. In his initiative in giving his own son for you. In his initiative of loving you first and loving you completely. In his provision of righteousness. Steep yourself in this. Soak yourself. Immerse yourself in it. See, now I'm not trying to obtain something. Now I'm not wearing myself out, keeping a track record of what I've done and haven't done. Now my focus is on him and how much he loves me. And that's when the stress goes. That's when the burden is lifted. When you begin to receive. Stay in a position of receiving. We're, we're receivers. We're made to be receivers of God's love. He's the creator, we're the receiver. Don't try and reverse that. You'll be very frustrated. Don't try and be the creator and him the receiver. He's the creator. You're the receiver. Man, this is good. This is very, very good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So if you've ever steeped a tea bag, you know that when you get it out of the package, you know, it's dry. But if you put it in the water for a while, you take it out, it's bigger than when you put it in, right? Because it's, it's, it's soaked up the water. You get bigger when you steep yourself in Jesus. You're bigger than you were. So you become bigger and stronger when you realize how much he loves you. And you soak in that day in and day out. I love thinking of a sponge. And if you've ever touched a sponge that's completely dry. It's brittle. It will cut your skin. Right? But you put it into water and let it steep soak and immerse itself it becomes a whole different thing it it doesn't it doesn't rip your skin it cleans it Woo! see religion will tear your skin it will but jesus will clean you religion will make you stressed and, and tear you apart and confused and 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 wear you out but jesus will wash you clean and keep you clean that's what that sponge does. It soaks up the water. It's no longer hard or brittle. It's flexible. It's bigger than it was before it went in the water. It expands beyond its normal size. And if you squeeze that sponge, water comes out. This is why God gave us his spirit. So that we can stay full of him for the rest of our lives. We've got an internal supply of water. A sponge doesn't have that. You have to take the hard sponge and put it in the water. You don't have to do that. The water's in you. Amen. you but you do have to remind yourself that the water's in you. You've got a well in you that will never dry up. Rivers of living water are flowing in you and through you and from you. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. So in 2018, God wants you to be so full of him that you're just dripping on everyone you meet. Yeah, people meet you and they just get all wet with God's love. 
that you're just so full of his love for you, it just drips on everybody else. How do you stay full? You're full because he loves you. Not through your own efforts. You're full because he loves you. If it was based on your own efforts, you wouldn't be able to stay full. Right? Because as soon as we miss it here or don't meet the standard there, then, then our confidence is compromised. But we can stay full because he's for us 24 hours a day for the rest of our lives. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. All right. Let's bring this thing to a close. I shared with you before, as, as I sought the Lord, I said, Lord, what is your plan for 2018? And I really believe he spoke to my heart. <laughs> he said, it's going to be a year of too much, year of fatness, year of abundance. And he, there are a couple of scriptures that the Lord put on my heart. I want to share those with you as we get ready to go into 2018. And the first one's in Isaiah 10, 27. And what's going to enable us to enjoy this is focusing on his love for us and focusing on his goodness. Isaiah 10, 27. This is a powerful scripture. And this is going to be our promise for the month for January. Isaiah 10, 27. Now, you understand there are literal contexts in the scriptures, but then there are prophetic contexts and fulfillments. And obviously, in the, in literally, it says, so it will be in that day that his burden will be removed from your shoulders. Well, whose burden? In the literal context was the Assyrians. The burden of the Assyrians would be removed from the shoulders of God's people. Okay? But in the prophetic context, it's speaking of Christ removing the burden of Satan from you. The burden of the curse of sin from you. See, Satan, he's a taskmaster. He condemns you. He puts weights on your back, and he wants you to walk through your life for the rest of your life carrying this heavy weight. But Christ has broken that. It says, so it will be in that day that his burden, the curse of sin, sickness, disease, poverty, will be removed from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. Why? Because of fatness. I don't know, they still use that term in, it used to be in like hip-hop and rap, they, were, they would use that term fat a lot. They still use that? That's fat. They get that from the scriptures, you know that? <laughs> the Old Testament uses this term, fatness. It's not fatness in terms of, of being unhealthy, it's the opposite. It's like you're just bursting with life and strength. You're full and overflowing with, 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 uh, with goodness and with life and with health. That's why he says this, this heaviness that you have been wearing is going to be broken off you because from the inside out, you're just going to... It's not a key that's going to unlock it. It's the strength of Christ inside of you that's going to break it off. This word means abounding fruitfulness. It will be broken off because of abounding fruitfulness. It means richness. Prosperity, plenteousness, it means anointing. It will be destroyed, one translation says, because of the anointing. Look at the New International Version. It says the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. <laughs> Woo! There's a bunch of fatsos at Highway Church. Come on! Woo! Come on! I shared with you when I was in Belgium years ago and I was looking outside of my hotel window and I saw this pasture 
of cattle like I've never seen before. I don't know what breed they were. Someone might know, but they, they were just stacked. I mean, they had muscles on muscles. I was like, man, and they were, they were black, dark black and just gleaming in the sun. That's what this is right here. Just muscles on muscles, strength upon strength, glory upon glory. The yoke of depression will be broken in your life because of my glory rising up on the inside of you. Young's literal translation says this, and destroyed, let's put that one up there, Young's literal translation, and destroyed hath been the yoke. That's a dignified way of saying it, right? Destroyed hath been the yoke because of prosperity. Woo! You're a prosperous one, aren't you? The King James says, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And that's what these cattle looked like. They were just glistening in the sun. Healthy, strong. Looked like they could withstand anything. So God has given us his Holy Spirit so we can be fat. Glistening in the sun. Strong and healthy. Muscle upon muscle. Glory upon glory. Strength upon strength. Hallelujah. Now this was prophetic, Isaiah 10, 27. And guess what? Jesus did it. You don't have to wait for this. It's not going to happen in 2018. It's yours now. You're going to enjoy it. And, I, and let's say this, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. And then we'll go to Amos and we'll be done. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says this. This is talking about you today. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Where does Christ live? In you. Let's look at the next verse. And in Christ... You have been brought to fullness. This is the fatness Isaiah is talking about. Okay? This is the, the anointing. This is the prosperity. This is the wholeness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the guarantee of God's fulfilled plan in your life in 2018. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Amplified says this in verse 10. And you are in him. You're not going to be. You are now. You are now not going to be made full and having come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual stature. Say this with me. I am made full in Christ. I'm filled with the fullness of God. I'm filled with fullness of life. The fullness of Christ dwells in me. I'm filled with the fullness of God. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Fullness of life. Fullness of health. Fullness of strength. Fullness of joy. Fullness of prosperity. Now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. Make that, make that your song in 2018. Just say that over and over again. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Last scripture, Amos. This is the description of 2018, the year of too much. And boy, this is good. Again, there's a literal uh, context of this. There's also the prophetic fulfillment of it in Jesus. It says, yes, indeed, in verse 13, it won't be long now, God's decree. Here it is. 
Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. We've already seen this in 2017. It's already begun. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. What's he talking about? Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings. Boy, the devil hates this. But he can't stop it. Blessings happening so fast your head will swim. Blessings, one on the heels, fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up with the blessings God's bringing into your life. Everything will be happening at once everywhere you look. Blessings, 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 blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I'll make everything right again. Hallelujah. This is powerful. I'll make everything right again. Are you telling me God can restore you? Yes. It's his plan to restore you in 2018. They'll rebuild. How can you rebuild a ruined city? That takes power and resources. God's got it. They'll plant vineyards. They'll drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them. I'll plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. Thank you, Father, for homes we did not build, for vineyards we did not plant, for opportunities we did not create, for prosperity that we did not initiate. Lord, we thank you for your plan fulfilled in our lives in 2018, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Lord. Thank you, Father. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.